So, an R&B singer known as Maya just recently revealed that she is in a relationship with herself, aka a sologamous relationship, and has been happily married to herself for about 7 years. Now, normally this is stuff that will happen from time to time, so it usually wouldn't make this intro, but I have a very interesting question. If she goes and she bangs someone else, considering that she's married to herself, so you know two shall become one and shit, does that make it a threesome, or is it just like normal sex? Like, I'm very curious about that. Like, this woman took the whole idea of you go do you and go hump a clone from the new boys and actually turned it into a reality, minus the clone part. She actually took the idea of her doing herself to the next level. How many people do that, huh? How many people are smart enough? How many people care about themselves that much that they're like, you know what? No one will ever make you more happy than I will, so I will go and marry you. Although I have to admit, I honestly do not know how the wedding would have gone down because to some degree, how do you read your vows to yourself? You know, um, how do you start with ever since the day I met you, I immediately fell in love. Like, how exactly can you tell yourself that you've loved yourself since the first time? Like, you can't feed yourself such sweet nothings because even you know that's a lie. And the worst part about it is you're probably saying that to a mirror in front of like a church of people or something. Or even let's assume that there's maybe just a couple of people and it's just, you know, you going to an official government office to ratify that shit. So you're there and you're spitting those vows to yourself. So you're probably doing it in front of a mirror and it's probably not in the bathroom. So in a sense, it's like one of those private things that you do that's being brought out to the public, you know, almost like pornography. Because it'll be like now there's other people watching and you're telling yourself how much you care about yourself or you know you are addressing me myself and I like it seems like a profound thing to do honestly seems very very hard to do because you're not exactly gonna do that at a church maybe a garden wedding probably at a government office if the law allows for that but when you officially become married to yourself it's like now you're free to do anything within the confines of your marriage. Plus, you can turn it into an open marriage, like I said a couple of episodes ago, and go and bang other people, and technically, you will have cracked the code of life. You'll have used the ultimate cheat code, where you get to marry the smartest and most beautiful person that you know, and still manage to go and bang multiple people, without it even having to be an open relationship, because... It's not like you're going to go up against yourself and file for divorce. So technically, you will have had a healthy marriage, a lot of banging, and some self-care that comes along with the way, and you know for a fact that it'll be a proper till death do us part. Like, damn. Sologamy is genius. It's the hack in life that we didn't knew that we wanted, but right now that it's suddenly an option, it's one of those things that you never really knew that you needed, but you probably do. But anyways, needs aside, we do have a podcast to do, so we should probably start it. So in typical fashion, 
Welcome to Break Time on Westside, your number one break time podcast. Coming to you from Nairobi, Kenya. The man on the mic is a man who has been considering sologamy for a little bit. He is a man whose sickness for the thickness prevents him from skinny dipping. It is none other than your tall, dark, and mildly handsome man, Sir Denver B. The show is Battle of the Sexes, our weekly love, sex, and relationships show, where I make some comment about women. Women catch a feeling I'm called misogynistic, but in the end, we manage to spit some nonsense a little bit here and there. Now, I do have to go back to that whole sologamy story because now that I'm thinking about it, it's actually a very genius thing. It's actually one of the smartest things that humanity has gotten for itself. Because even when you look at the stuff that I was discussing on last week's episode of Battle of the Sexes about polygamy, this kind of solves it. Because instead of going and marrying multiple women, you can make sure that you go get married to yourself. So, you know, you've, you have clearly gone for someone good looking. Then after that, you make sure you get yourself somebody that you know you can have as companion. And while all of that is happening, you can still go and actively play around with other people in the name of casual sex. Because in that case, because you were already married to yourself, even you getting the companion that, you know, will care for you and you guys can love each other and shit is technically polygamy. So you will have solved the whole polygamy situation before it ever becomes anything that big. And also, when you kind of think about it, it also means that people will not really be getting married to each other. People will be dating. And because people are dating, they get to save up on a bunch of things. So when you get tired of somebody, you leave them. When you feel like you're taking up too much bills, you can drop the person. And for some reason, if they feel like or if they act like or if they think that they're gonna go with half your shit, then they clearly have another thing coming. So there it is. The biggest cheat code for life is sologamy. But anyways, we should move it on to our main story of today. But before we get to that, there was a story that I stumbled onto on the internet plus on one or two groups while I was busy just, you know, scrolling and doing my thing online. And it kind of drove me the wrong way. And funny enough, I think this person should also consider sologamy a little bit. Now, the story revolves around a certain pastor who supposedly had been doing so much Five Alive work and, well, he decided to take things to the next level by not only using the lotions and the creams and the shampoos that guys usually use, but he moved it all the way up to using anointing oil. Like, let's just get that for a little bit. Uh, for those of y'all that have no idea what anointing oil is or can't remember what anointing oil is, and you probably did some form of Christian education, it's the oil that is usually used to ordain leaders of the church and like leaders back in the day in like Bible times. So in a sense, this guy clearly wanted his children to come out as leaders from the get-go. Because imagine if he used anointing oil as lube and then, you know, his sperm got anointed and then the wife gets a kid because apparently he is married. Does that mean that those kids were born leaders? Hmm. It's a very interesting thought to have right now. But the worst part about it is, he didn't just use the anointing oil, he also used salad oil. And he says, you know, anything that he could get his hands on, he used. And I do have to admit, while there's nothing wrong with, you know, getting a lot of Five Alive action, people usually vary the pawn, not the lubrication. Like, 
I find this very, very odd. Like people can use all sorts of things to go and, and get themselves off, whether it's porn, whether it's an image of somebody, whether it's somebody from work or from school. But people usually don't vary what they use to get themselves off. So this guy doing it is a little bit um weird because I don't know what the hell in holy water he was thinking of when he decided to do that because you can't just be judging you're like you know what let me just crack a quick one and guess what I've never used anointing oil before let me create some new leaders out of this like I can get the salad oil bit because technically it's part of the dressing so you know you apply it on yourself and you start removing it and technically you're undressing so in a sense you know you can get how someone can get aroused by such a thing but can someone explain to me how it is that anointing oil is an option like if he wants to create future leaders let him use anointing oil as lube although then again now that i think about it that just sounds wrong and to all my fellow christian listeners i am not saying that you should use anointing oil as well as any other religion that listens to this and uses anointing oil don't attempt to use anointing oil stick to the basics this is one of those times i can tell you you know what being vanilla is a great thing Sticking to the lotion, sticking to the shampoo, sticking to some form of lubrication that you're used to, like I don't know, maybe even lube, is probably a hell of a lot better than going for religious, spiritually uplifted oil. Like, it won't help you get to cloud nine, but you know, it'll probably drive you all the way down to hell. But anyways, that aside, I'm glad that he finally managed to reform and he doesn't do it no more. So we should probably move it on to our main topic of today. But before we do that though, do you have controversial opinions? Do you like to engage in political commentary? Are you interested in current affairs? If so, this is Bungay's the podcast for you. You can catch myself, Sandrine, Jagame, and Nalo every week under Kenya Public Radio. Now, moving it on. So a couple of weeks ago, while I was scrolling through IG, I happened to stumble upon a video from a podcast known as Man Talk KE. And there was something very interesting that was there that I think we should probably discuss. So let me just play it for you and then we can break all of that down. We always talk about what we want as guys. Someone will say, this is, what, this is my checklist. This is what I want. Yeah. I want a girl that's fly. Yeah. She has to be educated. She has yeah. to be motivated, driven, good family. Yeah. I always say, do you deserve that? Like, as a guy, do you deserve it? Like, are you? I think what happens, we put this massive checklist and it's like, yeah, but, but what, what are you Bro, doing? what have you done? So, yeah, but I've got a Merc, okay? Are you self-developed? Like, are you self-aware? Can you emotionally handle her? No, you yeah. can't. So, like, I think what happens is people think that money can substitute the intangible value that we're talking yeah. about. And that's Can you yeah. emotionally handle her? Yeah, you can't emotionally. Where? Now, I'm going to come out and say this for the record. I don't entirely agree with them. Like, I don't completely agree with them. Trust me, by all means, I mostly agree with him. I mostly agree with what he says, but I don't fully agree with everything that he said. Now, let me start things off from the deserve part because I feel as though he used the wrong word there. Like I get the message that he was trying to push, but the term deserve wasn't the best word to use there. I'd probably argue that it's the worst because if you were to ask anyone what they deserve, they'd probably say the best. Everyone or at least most people feel like they deserve the best even though they don't necessarily give the best, better or even good. Because think about it like this. Do you think that somebody that happens to have stolen money and is at a position of power right now deserve to be there? Probably not. 
Probably yes. But if you go and you ask him, he'll probably tell you that he deserves to be where he is because he did whatever it took to get where he is at that point. When you look at the guy that probably mistreats his very fine girlfriend, if you were to walk up to him and ask him if he deserved to have her, he'd probably still say yes even though he's not giving her the best treatment that say money can buy or that he could probably give but he'll still feel like he deserves her. Because the problem with the term deserve is that it's an entitled word, it's a word of entitlement. When you look at the question of deserving, you're sort of asking someone else if they feel like they are entitled to something whether they have it or they don't. And because human beings are naturally self-serving or even selfish if you can add a little bit of arrogance there, 9 times out of 10, they'll most probably say that whatever good thing that they have, they probably deserve. And there's nothing wrong with that. If somebody said that they deserve it even though they didn't really put in any work, then in their own right, they're probably right. So I don't think deserving is a really good word. You'd probably want to ask worth it but at the same time I can understand why he didn't use the word worth because the minute you start saying do you feel like you're worth her, do you feel like you are worth ABCD, most people will run at it and look at the financial side of it, the money side of it as opposed to value which is quantified in all manner of ways. So yes, maybe he should have used a different word. Worth I think works a little bit better for me than deserves. But words aside, we can probably move it on and I will state that there is nothing wrong with a guy saying that because he has money, he should probably get a fine babe. I am gonna say that again because it is something that has been drilled into us as people since birth and it is actually true. Like having more money will get you more women as a guy, like that's a given. So whether you want to call it shallow, whether you want to say that it's only one side to the story, it's a part of the story and it's one of those parts that's kinda there to stay, so you might as well admit that it's true. People like to look at it like a bad thing, but I can almost certainly tell you that there's a very good purpose as to why it is that's a thing. Because since back in the day, men have been valued by the ability to be resourceful. Of course women are valued by other metrics but when you look at guys, since time immemorial, the hunters were the ones that were sought after by the women, the ones that would go out into war and make sure they protect the community as warriors, the people that would manage to uplift the family business, the ones that would take care of the cattle and grow the cattle into a much bigger herd than what was previously there. Resourcefulness is what has been used to give a man his value and that's something that's been there since time immemorial whether you're looking at cavemen whether you're looking at traditional people and even right now of course the problem with looking at it as just the money side is there but it's probably the easiest way to see if someone is resourceful or not because they are resourceful enough that they can pull huge amounts of money and get themselves cars, get themselves houses, get themselves expensive jewelry, clothing, watches, shit like that. So it works and much as it's not supposed to be the only measure of resourcefulness, the problem is society has used it as like the only metric so in a sense we shouldn't be blaming the money or the man but rather society. So the problem is society and its glorification and overvaluation of the power of money because even when you look at it and take it back to your childhood days, from the time you were very little, 
you'd see how people would glorify, would celebrate, would appreciate people who had money aka means. And you watch as you grow up how people with money would get access to the best things, you'd find that people would almost always lick their boots, kiss ass and do all sorts of things not necessarily because they're gonna get paid or they're gonna be given money but just because a lot of people just want to have the simplicity of being associated with someone with money with someone who's famous, with someone with means, with someone that everyone likes because they'd want the same thing and being associated with them to some degree might help them live vicariously through them. And in a sense, you realize that this isn't something that's even on just opposite sex relations. This is something that happens even on the same sex level too. Haven't you noticed how there's usually that one guy that has money in the crew that'll have a bunch of people in the crew busy kissing ass for him? Haven't you noticed such a thing happen with guys before? Like guys will do stuff to impress girls but when it comes to such crews and situations you'll find that those guys will do stuff to impress that one guy or those two guys because they are people with means. And when you look at guys valuing that over everything then it clearly makes sense this is something that everyone has been glorifying for a long time then when you move it on and you realize that the guys with a lot of the means manage to get a lot of these girls splitting those legs super easy then it kind of becomes a lot easier for you to look at it and say you know what let me go get the money then the girls will come because that's a much simpler formula to follow. When you look at the guys that a lot of these super fine babes gravitate towards, money is a very big factor that happens to be among quite a number of them. And I'm not saying that women just go after money, I'm just saying that money manages to attract a lot of women. And in a sense, you can actually see that this is one of the easier things to get or at least it's one of the main things to get for the typical guy. Now the only unfortunate thing with that is, a lot of people focus on getting the money and ignore that there's other things that you need to bring to the table. And this is one of those times when I have to admit that yes, we do need to put the guys in the hot seat on this one. There has to be more that you bring to the relationship, there has to be more that you bring to the table than just money. Like for years and years we've put girls on this hot seat where we usually let them say what it is that they want and then we've always been smacking them with the same question of what exactly do you bring to the table. You say you want a guy with money, you say that there's such and such a guy that you want, you want a guy who's tall, dark, fine, good looking. Hell, B. Simone was receiving a lot of backlash for saying such a thing last week. And we've always been bringing out this whole story of women should start saying what it is that they're bringing to the table when they want all of this. Now, we need to put the guys on the table on the same level because when you look at the guy that says he wants this super fine babe, you look at a guy that says he wants to get this kind of babe who's this fine, who doesn't wear makeup, who doesn't wear a weave, whose booty isn't fake, who doesn't just make weird poses for the gram and looks like a stick figure in real life. We need to start asking them what exactly they're bringing to the table. Because this person that'll spend time on their good looks, because I know natural hair takes forever ladies, I listened, I hear about this shit, I know it's not easy to maintain natural hair. So when you look at the guy that says he wants natural hair, how well does he groom himself? When you as a guy say that you want the finest babe who's super caring, who properly fluffs your ego and gives it to you good and has the jiggly booty and shit and has the nice tits, what exactly do you bring to the table? And yes, you can say that you bring the money. 
but I will tell you this for a fact. Money will get you through the door, but it's not what will keep you there. Much as getting through the door is important, staying in the room is even more important than that. And you only realize that after you've crossed the door. So I will state for the fact that money can get you access to her, but it doesn't keep her loyal. Because how many times will you find that a guy that makes a lot of money goes, gets himself a trophy wife and pretty much just dumps in the house and barely gives a shit? It's a lot of times when you'll hear certain stories like that. And the thing is, it's not like these ladies in this day and age will just sit and act like a wallpaper and not do anything. Those babes can also cheat. Because guess what? Guys have been doing this for a while. They go, they get a babe, they have them and then they cheat. Women can do this as well. Women can also cheat. How many times will you hear about the so-called rich lady that's been banging the gardener, that's been doing something with a houseboy or with one of the attendees at work that is probably broke, probably doesn't even smell that great, but just happens to give it to a real good in the bedroom. That shit happens a lot, so you do have to bring a lot as a guy. Money is just one side of it. It's one side of the Rubik's Cube, if I'm really honest. There's more that you need to bring in there. There's a certain level of loyalty, some self-awareness there, some emotional intelligence if you have some of that, a little bit of IQ, and the list can go on and on. So I have to conclude by saying, fellas, please make sure you get that bread. Make sure you make that money because that's what's going to get you through the door. And by all means, financial stability is an amazing thing. But you will need other qualities to stay in the room. Lest your girlfriend or wife or partner ends up going for someone else behind your back. Because like I said, the money gets you access, but it doesn't keep her loyal. So please... Don't forget to work on the man while you're working on the money. But anyways, that being said, I want to know your thoughts on this. Have we over glorified the power of money? How many more qualities do you want in a man and what kind of qualities are those? The DMs are open on Instagram. It is at Breaktime on West Side. On Facebook, it is also at Breaktime on West Side. And on Twitter, if you want to slide into my personal DMs, it is at Bagaka the D. Thank you so much for listening all the way till the end. And if you are listening through Castbox, feel free to drop your comments there and I will attend to them accordingly. And I will catch you guys on the next break. Take care. <laughs>